Hello and welcome to A Murderous Affair. My name is Gabrielle and this is the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. Our murderess of the week is Anna Zwanzinger of Bavaria, Germany. She would poison her employers with arsenic and then help nurse them back to health so they held her in higher favor and were grateful of her. Not exactly the best way to win employee of the month. So, I know that this month is Latinx Heritage Month, which as someone who's Latina, I feel like every day should be, um, just because uh, I am a joy to be around and everyone should appreciate me. That is all sarcasm, by the way. Um, But I'm saying that because our next episode that is coming out will focus more on someone who is of Latinx descent. And I feel like I should have switched our episodes from the last one with Yiya, the murderess of our last episode and this episode, but I kind of wasn't thinking that far ahead. So, but starting with our next episode, we will kind of pay more homage to that. So yeah, technically we could just switch uh, last, last week's episode and this week's episode and it could be part of it, but I don't think technicalities really work with air. Anyway... Um, Our murderess is from Germany this week, and our resources come from Wikipedia, as long as a bunch of different articles that you can find on Murderpedia. So, for example, Michael Newton has an encyclopedia of modern serial killers hunting humans, and there's a whole um, excerpt there about Anna. And then there's also the world-famous Gaslight Murders by Colin and Damon Wilson, which is a book, but... The article entry, or the entry specific to Anna, is included on Murderpedia. And then also Unknown Misandry, which is a blog, has a collection of information on her as well. So that's where we get our resources from this week. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. She was born Anna Sean LeBen in August of 1760. Sometime between 1760 and 1765, her parents died, and she spent those five years being bounced around to different family members. When she was 10 years old, she was sponsored by a wealthy guardian to go to school and obtain a good education. This lasted for about five years until she was married off to a drunk 30-year-old lawyer by the same guardian. And this lawyer, I can only find his last name, which was the name she ended up taking, which was Zwanziger. And as you can probably guess, based off the fact that it was a 15-year-old married off to someone twice her age, it wasn't a happy marriage. They had two children together, and as the years went by, Anna's husband became more and more unable to work due to his budding alcoholism. At one point in her life, Anna became a prostitute to help support her family. Now, as a prostitute, she claimed that she only catered to men in powerful positions like judges or other lawyers. Now, at one point, she actually left her husband to be with a man that she'd taken as a lover, but her husband convinced her to come back. Another time, another time, they officially divorced, only to get back together the next day and remarry. Her husband died in 1796 when Anna was 33. At this point, she tried to open up her own toy store business, to help support her family, but it ended up failing, and she once again turned to prostitution for money. This time, she actually ended up getting pregnant and had to stop to deliver the baby. Because she already had the two children at home, when this third one was born, she gave it up for adoption. But sadly, the baby died at the orphanage. She ended up getting work as a maid and ended up making a reputation for herself as someone who was extremely talented at knitting, and a really good housekeeper. She continued to do housekeeping for the next two decades, but there was something dark within her seemingly perfect work. One of her first victims was a judge, 
Justice Wolfgang Glacier. He asked if Anna, if she would work for him as a housekeeper. He and his wife had just separated and he needed someone to take care of his house. Now, I'm not the type of host to guess what the person we're talking about was thinking. You know, I tend to just go directly off of what articles say or what we've found from interviews from the people. But in a lot of the articles and different excerpts that I've read about Anna, the authors allude to the fact that Anna decided this was the opportunity that she'd been waiting for. She was tired of having to do menial work that she considered beneath her, and if she could prove her worth to the man that she was working for, he would offer to marry her and her place in life would be set. Now this seems to be a very common uh, theory for why a lot of different women poison their employers or especially back in those days, back in the 18, 17, 1800s. But I don't know if she ever actually admitted that this was the reason or if this is just kind of what people have come up with as the reason since her death. Soon after Anna started working for the judge, his wife returned to him and they reunited. Now, there's actually people who say that Anna was the one to engineer this reunion in order to put herself in good favor with the family. From all accounts, Miss Glacier was healthy and strong, but in July, she became sick. She was throwing up, complaining of pain and nausea, had extreme diarrhea for five weeks until she died in August of 1808. In September, Anna left the glaciers and began working for another judge named Groman. He was 38 and had a history of illness. He would spend a lot of time in bed because of it, but soon after Anna arrived, she was able to nurse him back to health. This was only for a short period of time until he became sick again in April with the same nausea, pain, vomiting, and diarrhea that Anna's previous employer had exhibited. This lasted 11 days until he died on May 8th, 1809. Because of his history of illness, his death was put down as the result of long-term health issues. Anna was apparently hysterical upon his death as she'd grown very close to him. Two other servants in the house also displayed the same symptoms of illness, but ultimately they recovered. They also happened to be the same servants that Anna complained about the most frequently. So surely that was just a coincidence, right? Anna then moved to work with another judge's family, the Gebbards. Miss Gebbard was pregnant and needed help during her last few days. On May 13th, the baby was born and the mother and child were both considered to be healthy. But it was a few days later that Miss Gebbard became sick, the same symptoms that the others who had been sick under Anna's care had exhibited. Nausea, vomiting, extreme diarrhea, and a lot of pain. On May 20th, Miss Gebbard died and her actual final words were, quote, Merciful heaven, you have given me poison. And this was directed at Anna. But somehow, even with those as her final words, her death was ruled to be natural. And this was apparently because she'd also had a history of illness. Rumors still spread. And many people thought it was strange that all of Anna's employers were dying soon after she started working there. This wasn't enough to stop her from continuing her employment at the Gebbard house, servicing the now widowed Judge Gebbard. In August of 1809, the judge had a few friends over and both the friends and a messenger who'd come to the house stayed for a glass of wine and all of them came down with the same illness that Miss Gebbard had seemingly died from. Others in the house also became sick soon after. One of the porters took a small sip of wine one night and noticed that there seemed to be some kind of white powder stuck to the bottom of the glass. Now he'd heard the rumors and quickly poured out the rest of it, but that mouthful he'd taken was still enough to make him violently sick. 
There was another kitchen maid who worked at the house who became sick after drinking a cup of coffee that Anna had made for her. Because no one had directly seen Anna poisoning these people, she was still considered to be, she was still allowed to work at the house as everything else was just considered to be a rumor. There was no hard evidence, basically. In September, Gebbard had five friends over for a night of games and drinking. All of them, including Gebbard, became sick after drinking the beer they'd been given by Anna. And it was at this point that Anna was fired. Mr. Gebbard was convinced by not only his friends, but the other people who worked in the house, that Anna was too dangerous to keep employed. On her last day, Anna decided to finish some chores before leaving her job, which included refilling the salt box in the kitchen cellar, and filling all of the jars of sugar. Normally, this was the kitchen maid's job, and she thought it was weird for Anna to refill it. She also saw that Anna gave the baby some milk and a cookie before leaving. Not long after Anna left, the baby became sick, as well as others who used the salt and the sugar that she'd replaced. Now, while the others were able to recover, the baby didn't, as he was only a couple months old, and he died not too long after Anna left. The police were called and the salt barrel was tested, as well as the different uh, jars that the sugar had been stored in. Both contained high amounts of arsenic in it, and this led to the police investigating the other deaths of Anna's employers, where traces of arsenic were found in the bodies that they exhumed. At that point, Anna was considered to be on the run. She was finally tracked down because she sent multiple letters to the Gebbard house. In them, she proclaimed her love for the baby and said that she'd be willing to return and resume her job and forget all of the wrongs that she had suffered while being employed there. Which just shows you how absolutely delusional this woman was at that point in her life. Anna was arrested in October of 1809, and she was found with two bags of powdered arsenic on her person. It took six months of questioning before she admitted to the murders, saying, quote, Yes, I killed them all and would have killed more if I had the chance before then referring to arsenic as her, quote, best friend. She was scheduled for execution in July of 1811. At her execution, when she was brought up, she gave a little bow to those watching before turning to the authorities and saying, quote, it is perhaps better for the community if I die, as it would be impossible for me to give up the practice of poisoning people. She died by beheading with a sword. I don't know, I feel like back then a lot of the deaths or like uh, the executions were hangings. So I find it interesting that hers was beheading. But that may just be because in America it was common to use hangings as public uh, execution versus this story was in Germany. So I don't know if maybe that's why. But I'm honestly curious to know if she had practiced poisoning others before she was caught poisoning her employers. It doesn't say how her husband died. And... It doesn't say how the baby she gave up for adoption died. Plus, not a lot is known about her early life. I would honestly be curious to know if she had more experience than she let on about killing people. Especially with the whole arsenic is my best friend comment. Either way, that wraps up our murderess of the week, Anna Zwanzinger. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I would love to know what you think. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me at Frumius Reads, F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. Or you could check out the podcast homepage at frumiusreads.com forward slash a dash murderous dash affair. And you can leave comments on the different transcriptions of the episodes there. Make sure you follow the podcast to stay updated with all of our new episodes. 
and just any other fun stuff that we come out with on here. Episodes are uploaded three times a month with the last week of the month being taken off so that I have time to prep for the next month. Um, so you can look forward to three episodes a month of A Murderous Affair and you can subscribe to us on and you can subscribe to it on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Google Play, basically anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening and I would love to know what you thought of this episode or if there's any facts that I missed about Miss Zwanzinger's life. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay spooky friends and I'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.